At Busch Gardens Christmastown, rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Delight in the wonder of over 10 million twinkling lights. Cherish the moments as you enjoy new holiday shows and visit Santa and Rudolph. And immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Busch Gardens Christmastown. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, tickets as low as $39.99. Hurry before prices go up. Restrictions apply. Hey! What's up, you guys? What is Welcome back. up, all of our Mile Higher homies? We are back. We are. We are back this week. It feels good to be back, I must say. I miss, yes. I miss not doing the podcast last week. Oh, I did too. I was super bummed. Yeah, you, you haven't been feeling well, but Kendall is on the mend, everybody. Thank you for... <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Are you? I've, I've had some like serious health problems going on for like months now. So I've had a really good couple of days and I've had a pretty good day today. Um, I but... mean, you seem like you have a lot more energy at least last like yeah. last week we were going. We had it all ready to go. We were going to do it, but you were just feeling I got so sick. I so woke up. Sick. Well, yeah. I've been waking up like super early every morning throwing up. We don't know why. And I've been having all of these endocrine issues and issues related to my thyroid. And I'm being tested for like a bunch of things right now. Um, but yeah, I've just had like basically chronic pain, nausea, Like you could even sit up exhaustion. though. That was the thing. It was like you couldn't even yeah. like sit in the chair right now. No. For my an hour and a half. My back is so much. Oh, no way. I couldn't have. It would have been But I have a heating pad today and I'm feeling really good. This- it's interesting, you guys. Just side note. I decided to cut out meat. I had given up gluten to see if that would help. And it didn't help at all for me personally so i tried to cut out meat and i feel great this week like this has been definitely my best you, week you in seem a like you're time. bouncing back which is I great am. it seems like your your uh your energy levels are up yep. your pain is down and plus you've done two rounds of acupuncture now which yes. have been helpful and you and went to the chiropractor, chiropractor yesterday yep. mm-hmm. so getting those kinks worked out getting <laughs> yes. the it's good for you and dude the acupuncture the i swear again. she was like okay i'm gonna hit this one point that will help your adrenal gland and she like did that and then the next day i felt great um so i don't acupuncture know maybe it's works, the, um i'm basically i'm pescatarian so i'm still eating fish because fish is very anti-inflammatory and filled with omega-3s and oh so delicious and delicious we yes. love the sushi the so sushi. yeah but sorry I guys for not posting be... though we 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 feel yeah. bad for not posting but i'm glad you guys understand yeah you know our health comes first like we can't yeah. do that we can't do a good job we want to do a understand. good job they understand so. i've i've come to realize that i don't need to apologize so much and be people understand right. we're all human people especially people out there with chronic illness or autoimmune conditions they understand what it's like so yeah you know sometimes i can't always i can't always pull through but i try my best and i'm here and i'm so excited for this podcast you guys this is really really exciting um yes. we have been teasing this for weeks now <laughs> we have been telling you guys we're gonna do this this has been definitely number one requested podcast and not only are we going to do one podcast on this we're going to do five yeah because so when we dived into this once you dive in you start realizing how much stuff there is and how much information there is about these five families so that, we didn't even tell them that that's what we're talking about <laughs> yeah no i know well that's why i'm telling them <laughs> okay well yes we're talking about those five powerful families There, yeah the five powerful families that have a lot of deep-rooted history and possibly control the entire allegedly. world. So, this is a lot of allegedly here today, people. Yes, yes, that is that is the, 
definitely the thing to remember. This is, you know, theories at the end of the day. We're conspiracy theorists. We yeah. talk about theories and, <laughs> you know, it's up for you to make your yeah. decision on whether or not you believe it or not. But well, I don't think people even have to make a decision. I'm at the point where with like most theories and most things where I'm like, I don't need to like have a decision either way. Like, it's okay for me to just be like curious on That's both true. sides. That's true. Like, I feel like people like, on a feel so, so much of a need to like identify with a a side of things like I need to be on the this side or this side of this and like I need to be right you know people think, want to be right so bad yeah I think it just depends on the person though because like for me yeah. I I'm a true seeker in the way that I want to know the truth about life and everything in existence and the government and the way the world's run so like I think there's a split I think there's some people that just find it fun to learn about this stuff and they're like oh whatever like it doesn't affect my life I'm fine but yeah. for other people, I think it's kind of a journey and you're on this journey to try to uncover the real truth about everything. And one, you know, it's like turning over a stone, you find something and then you turn over another, find some more. And I think for some people, it's like that, you know, yeah. it's like one little bit at a time. Because for me, yeah. the more you dig into things and the more you dig into just life and existence, you start connecting dots. Mm -hmm. the dots start connecting yeah, and you start sure. building these ideas and you know possibly uncovering the truth when you connect the dots so i mean yeah. that's just my my take on it but yeah i totally agree so yeah we're going to so basically we determined that there's just a lot of stuff and we want to space it out so we can spend more time with more of the details about each of the families because yeah. there's so much guys like it, it's it's truly crazy like i had to go through pages and pages and pages of different yeah. information and There's timelines and stuff about just the Rothschilds, which is the family we were talking about today. Yes. Um, these we're going to break it into five different podcasts, one for each family. And I know um, a lot of you guys would be really stoked about that because this is going to be like conspiracy 101, like your five course uh, school right here guys this is gonna be we're gonna talk about history i love this shit and even though these are gonna be long and there's gonna be five of them they're gonna be super entertaining because this stuff is wild you guys and there's i think history is so fascinating i love learning about history See, like i just love it that's the thing is i never liked history growing up I've but that's because i was getting one version of history and i just thought it was really boring yeah. i guess and it didn't it just was like eh, whatever but when you start looking at the actual history of things and you start looking really at the creation of like all the like, I don't ever remember learning about the creation of the Federal Reserve in, in high school or college at all. Like, I don't even remember uh -huh. talking about that. Did you ever learn about the Rothschilds? I learned about the Rockefellers, but not. the Yeah, I think I, I, I heard of the Rockefellers, but definitely not the Rothschilds or I never heard of the DuPonts. Or, I definitely um, heard of the Morgans, though, in high school. Right. The Morgans. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Uh, we're going to space them out like every other week so that we can throw in some, you know, true crime and uh, alien or paranormal or something. Fun. Ancient civilization. Ancient civ or something in there. So these are going to be every other week for the next five weeks. Yes, yes, yes. But before we get into that, just real quick, we want to thank our stellar patrons, Brittany M., Selena M., Jocelyn B., Elizabeth B., Thank you guys for being patrons and thank you to all of our patrons for be, being patrons. And also, if you guys enjoy the show, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We do really appreciate it. Helps uh, get the podcast noticed and helps get the word out. Gets more, you know, wake more people up. 
that's what we're trying to do and bring, you know, just bring the information to as many people as we can. So if you like the show, rate and review, we appreciate it. And today's Patreon question comes from Be Much 24 And she said, Hey guys, my question is for last Sunday's podcast, so the week before, about the Golden State Killer. My question is if you were a child from one of these serial killers, would you go on to be an advocate for victims or try to live your life out of the spotlight? If neither, how do you think you would go about it? If you were the oh. child of a serial killer, like if dude, I've actually been thinking about this. So, um, it seems like people go either way with this because obviously this happens all the time because a lot of people that are serial killers, um, or kidnappers or rapists, they have families. It's like bizarre. Like the guy who is holding those girls in Cleveland, the three girls, um, Michelle Barry or uh, Amanda Barry, Michelle Knight, and why am I forgetting Gina De Jesus? Um, they were all being held in his place, and his his the kids had no idea his daughters because he like rigged his house like with all these weird walls so that he could hide them without them ever knowing. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So dude. when they found out, they had they were like, oh my god, they had no idea that these girls were being kept in this house for over ten years. Wow, sounds like we need to do a podcast about that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That sounds super interesting. Um, but I, it's interesting. They were really public. The his kids, really, like how how disgusted they were by him, and um, how they hit he hit their mother growing up, like just trashed the dude, and said they had no idea, and they so were just disgusted. Would you trash your dad? I don't know. It's hard. And then I was thinking about it because of the you know the Golden State Killer. <laughs> he has kids. Like that's wild, Dad. He has what like he fuck? probably has like nobody probably had any idea. I'll bet you anything no. that no one had a clue. This guy was a was a was a pro serial killer. Like he, a lot of them are like that. He kept it under wraps really well. And, yeah, and lived this innocent, you know, normal life with family and you know a wife and everything. And I, just, I, I, I mean, it'd be shocking and it'd be, but it'd be hard because you like grow up with your dad not knowing this information until now. Like, what do you do? Do you choose to I think if exile I out... him from your life or do you hmm. try to stand by him? And I mean, I don't know how you stand by him Dude, after, no way. after knowing he did all that shit. But well, I think if I found out my dad was the Golden State Killer or some type of killer that had been doing this since the fucking 70s, <laughs> I would first of all, I'd be like shocked. Oh my god, I can't even imagine that. But um, I couldn't not. I'd have to still love my. He's my dad. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think I would go out and be an advocate either. I think I'd be so fucked up mentally from my father, who I love, guilty though, killed all these people. So I'd want to live my life in seclusion. That's my answer to that. I would not want to be an advocate for victims, as selfish as that is. But like, dude, you'd be so screwed knowing your dad killed all those people. Like, I would not want to be in public at all. Seriously. I wouldn't want anyone to know. I'd move to the middle of nowhere and cry the rest of my life. That'd be That's really hard answer. because, I mean, you go from your dad as this loving, wonderful dad to this evil fucking monster. Well, and it's if, like we don't know what. He or was maybe like, he though. changed he was, though. He could have been a shitty changed. dad. Yeah, or I mean, Errol Castro yeah, was true. a terrible dad. Yeah, that's true. So I think it just depends on the situation, but I think. For me, I think I could cut all ties and try to try to make a difference in just as a, you know, it's the least I can do for the victims is yeah. try to do something, you know, bring awareness. I mean, I don't even know what you do, but try to right his wrongs for him, you know, if you can. I mean, you can't ever right those wrongs, but 
Uh, but then it's like, is it worth is strength, it worth the stress dude. and the pressure and the shit you would get? I think you'd already be going know. through so much. Like being a an advocate or taking on a role like that would be really difficult after going through finding out about all yeah, that. You know? Yeah. But great question. Thank that you. Is, for that is that is a great. You guys question send the best questions. From I swear. B Munch twenty four. <laughs> what up? Seriously, the questions are always so mind boggling. Or it's <laughs> B Munch. I thought it was B Munch. <laughs> be munch munchy <laughs> munch but before we get into the rothschilds i had two other interesting things i wanted to bring up that happened over the past two weeks that is really cool but kind of creepy at the same time there's a new game coming out from uh the creator of the sims game will Wright. and if you've never i'm sure you guys have heard of the sims it's it's a little it's a computer game where you can create a virtual life with humans and and do all of that but we play on Twitch. We do play on Twitch. We have a son named Elon Wilke. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't checked on in a while. Yeah, he could be dead. He could be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Just but the Sims creator, he's taking it a step up. And so here, here's, <laughs> here's what he's trying to do. He's working on a game called Proxy, which is where you'll be able to play in scenes rendered from your own memories, thanks to the power of artificial intelligence. So he, what he aims to do is create, he's calling it an experiment really, because it's going to allow players to apparently create and tune their own personal AI, which they call, which they're going to call proxy. And the way that you'll interact with proxy is you'll create MEMS, which is the core building MEMS? block in the proxy mind. Oh my God, that's so funny. In my sorority, that was like a, a thing that everyone said, you know, Taylor? Yeah. Um, She would always say memes, like, all right, guys, we're making memes, creating memes. So that was like our thing is yeah. memes. That's so funny. Wow. And, and they were like memories, right? Yeah, and, and the developers are saying that a mem can have a look, a sound, and is represented by core concepts in the proxy brain. And it develops the language and personality of the player's proxy. Mems will come together to build scenes from your memories. And, and he posted an announcement video and he said that in some sense, proxy is a game of self-discovery, a game where we actually uncover the hidden you, your subconscious, oh my God, this your is like inner therapy. ID and bring it to the surface, bring it to life so oh that you can God. interact with it. You can play with it. You can learn from it and it can learn about you. So it, to me, it sounds like you're ba it's it. This is one step to, creating some sort of artificial intelligence with a conscious mind yeah. that has memories and can and can produce images from images and sound from your memories and i don't know exactly how the input of that's going to be like how do you input your memories into the I game i don't understand that's crazy that's so weird to think about like i just like you don't think of your head being able to like connect and download to something that's just weird i know it's like, makes my head feel like how many gig gigabytes does my head have yeah. I wonder how many like terabytes your brain holds. Like, is a there lot. like a storage? I don't know. No, I don't even funny. think we have any <laughs> idea how much storage. <laughs> like, I just want to get a bigger upgrade. It's coming, dude. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, for real. No, but this is really funny. The game came with patches. So that's like fixes, right? This, like, those are patches fix. from the actual Sims game, not this game. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, this those is are funny. just funny patch notes from Sim games. <laughs> the new Sim game. Sims who are on fire will no longer be forced <laughs> to attend graduation before they can put themselves out. That was an actual bug in the Sims game they had to fix. <laughs> they would go to graduation <laughs> on fire. <laughs> 
Sims can no longer try for a baby with the Grim Reaper. Weeper. Shit, I didn't even know. I know. Wim Weeper. To Grim Weeper. That's funny, dude. You can have. You could have. You could have a kid with a Grim Reaper. That's so great. I want to have a kid with the Grim Reaper. <laughs> That's so funny. So the mechanics of this of this new game proxy um, will learn about its players, um, and they haven't made or they haven't made it super clear how it's going to like work. I think I think this is kind of a grand idea right now, like a yeah, like a goal they're working towards because this sounds pretty ambitious to make a game like this. But according to the game's website, it shows us a, a chat like interaction. So it's like you would be chatting with yourself and yourself is learning about yourself and what? and <laughs> learning your you thoughts me. and memories from you yep. in a mobile. I don't know how that works in a mobile app game. You completely lost me there. But apparently it's AI player interaction will be highly reminiscent of Replica, which is a mobile app where users can create their own unique AI conversation partner. That's cool. Conversation partner. Yeah, you can like create a you can talk to this AI, this artificial so, intelligence, and it will like learn about you and or and you ask could stuff. like go to the grocery store and meet someone and <laughs> talk to them, and they can learn about you. No, guys, we're not going to be talking to each other that's anymore. Bad. We'll be talking to our phones. And we'll no, be like, Hi, that is how are you so doing? bad, dude. Ugh. <laughs> I hope our kids aren't like just like pretty much robots. I feel like we're gonna have cyborg. It's children. gonna get crazy. I mean. Uh, I, I think we are going to see in 20 years, we're going to see video games yeah. become the the same as real life. I mean, there's going to be no difference between a virtual reality so versus blurred. the real reality. It's going to be so, so similar. I'm still waiting for that taste and smell reality, virtual reality. When they get that down and I can go to France and sit down and and smell baguettes, then I will be impressed with virtual reality, but not impressed so far. Yeah, so it's pretty fucking cool. It is cool. And it's just a concept right now. They they don't even understand fully how they're going to be able to render our own memories and then turn them into scenes you can interact with. So I don't even know how you would download your memory. So basically, they're trying to download your memories to your phone so that you can then replay it on your phone. That'd be cool ish. Maybe (laughs) dude, I'm not into any of this memory shit. I am so creeped out by this. It's so funny. Josh and I have a very different take on this kind of stuff. Like Josh is all about like the newest technology, trying it. It freaks me out. I don't even like thinking about someone downloading my memories into a game. Fuck that. <laughs> my memories are for me. That's the thing is like I I have, you know, I get really excited about it because I love technology and I love where I think the future is going technology wise. But mm-hmm. on the other side, I'm very, very, very concerned about you know, the people that are going to u- maliciously use it because they will to their advantage. And the shit that could happen if we're like downloading memories to, you know, some kind of cloud or storage and people have access to it and can, oh. I mean, it could get really, I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with this proxy game. See if it ever, it doesn't even sound like they have a date for when it'll be released, but interesting concept. And it's interesting that the, the Sims creators, taking it to the next level and i'm not surprised and honestly i'm sure he's gonna have sims 5 is gonna be lit it's gonna be virtual reality (laughs) sims it probably will be honestly but that happened uh a week ago but another thing that happened that we found out about two weeks ago is stephen hawking's uh final research paper was just published and it could help us find further evidence for parallel universes or the multiverse theory uh, 10 days before he died, 
Stephen Hawking, the threat, theoretical, theoretical physicist, submitted a final paper for publication. And on in that paper was titled A Smooth Exit from Eternal Inflation. And it was, has now been published in the Journal of High Energy Physics. And in it, Hawking and co-author Thomas Hertog lay out a theory on the origin of the universe that might settle um, some of the existing questions that we have about it. And one popular understanding of the Big Bang suggests that our universe is one of, or is one in a multiverse of infinite parallel universes. So infinite number of universes all parallel to one another. So they're all side by side, essentially, all occurring at the same time. And the paper proposes that the other universes out there follow the same laws of physics that exist in our universe. So that that's kind of the main key here, right? Because when we talk mm -hmm. about parallel universes we don't know you know are those universes the same or exactly the same where it's got to be slightly science different. is completely different but according to stephen hawking's paper he believes that it's exactly the same laws of physics that occur here in this universe that occur in all these parallel universes well i wonder how similar they are what if they're completely different though like people don't like you know how we always say like there could be different versions of you in different universes like does anyone think like what if it's completely different could completely be completely separate completely different people can different different world different languages like but they're just next to each other yeah no i think people do i think it can just i don't know i think it seems like most of the time people scientists are, are so focused traveling. on the numbers and like what the equations show and stuff that yeah that's what they base their their stuff on because like this makes sense here so why would it make sense there you know yeah but it's totally possible it's completely fucking off like or maybe the laws of physics are you know we probably completely have no backwards but the idea that there is um th this infinite number of universes is super interesting and this idea that the laws of physics are the same in other universes makes it easier for them to manage and test it and since it's no longer an effort for them to understand infinite universes that could have different underlying rules of physics. So it's easier to to study this and test it and test these theories when the laws of physics are the same in the parallel universes. That makes sense. Hawking Hawking actually said in a statement last fall, "We are not down to a single unique universe, but our findings imply a significant reduction of the multiverse to a much smaller range of possible universes." So basically, he kind of laid out that this universe theory is possible to test and phys physicists should look for evidence of other universes using tools designed to measure ripples in space time, which is also known as primordial gravitational waves. And that would have been generated by the universe's initial expansion from the Big Bang. So interesting. He also helped develop the theory that led to an idea of infinite parallel universes. And this concept relies on something known as eternal inflation. The thinking in essence is that after the Big Bang, the universe or all of the universes started to expand, but the process never stopped in some places. In our and universe. Just, what? I know. The, when you start thinking about <laughs> it, can blow your mind because you're like, what? Universes? Oh my God. The Big Bang and just all these universes. So picture the universes as bubbles. Okay. Bubble universes. So imagine all these little bubbles next to each other when we're talking about this. <laughs> so the usual theory of internal inflation predicts that globally our universe is like an infinite fractal with a mosaic of different pocket universes separated by an inflating ocean. 
This is what Hawking said when he was interviewed last fall. And in their paper that they they release, Hawking and Hertog uses mix of string theory, holographic principle, and math problems that resemble hieroglyphics to arrive at a multiverse theory. What? Yes. A math problem with hieroglyphics in it? No, I mean it's it's an analogy. It's a you know figure of speech. It's like oh. hieroglyphics because the math is so insane when you're and so forth. when you're talking about a multiverse theory. Dude, how do you even do the math? How do these people do this shit? I don't even understand. My brain I mean, would never work this well. They must be like gifted people that figure this out. You have to be like special. <laughs> My brain won't even let me think about this. Like I'm like tr- still chirping out about the fact there could be like just bubbles of universe. I just crazy. So like, so like, like imagine if the big the Big Bang, which who knows if even the Big Bang was how it all began. We don't even know. We don't even know how it began. But in let's say it did begin. This all this matter just explodes and creates all of these bubbles, these all these bubble universes, and this inflating wave or ocean is everything in between the bubbles. So if you think about bubbles in water or something, imagine like all these little bubbles, and then in between the bubbles is this ocean. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so they're the, they're saying that if they can measure, I think if they can measure these gravitational waves, the areas in between, they can somehow figure out if there's something else out there, another universe out there. Imagine, so they're working on trying to prove the multiverse theory. This is something they strongly believe could be possible. The th- uh, physicists do. So, oh my gosh! So, so there if, could be. It would literally be an entire. Like as big as our space, that's our universe. Is everything right? Yeah, but we could just everything. be in a bubble that occurs in an even larger. That's so thing fucked. with infinite number <laughs> of universes. I can't handle this. Then All it right. just makes then it's I'm like, done with this. Do I occur in other universes? Then, dude, I'm gonna get anxiety from this. This it's is so really, crazy. Yeah, it's extremely. It's it's I so mind boggling. My other selves are happy. Like, I always worry <laughs> that like maybe I'm in another universe and I'm like depressed or. Hungry and sad. Hungry and sad. <laughs> or angry, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. It's it's truly mind-boggling and I think that I'm excited to be alive right now because we're at the turn of some major things, some major discoveries, some major things coming out. I, I think agree. I think society and culture is going to change. It's going to maybe even flip-flop in our lifetime. Yeah. Things are a changing and we're starting yeah. to figure out answers to things and uncovering the truth. So I think that Maybe in our lifetime we'll figure out that we exist in one universe of an infinite number of others. I mean, we totally could. And yeah, I I agree with you. I'm excited to be alive right now, too. And I've been trying to have a more positive attitude about like, even though things are crazy and I feel like I'm learning all this stuff and it's it's kind of overwhelming and intimidating. I'm sure a lot of you guys feel that way about all the stuff we talk about. (laughs) Um, But it's it's like, you know, at least life's not boring. Yeah. Like day to day, everything's exciting. It's a giant show. It is. So it's a giant movie sometimes. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm interested to see what's going on. I'm interested and I can't wait to see where things go in my lifetime and experience change. You know, it'd be really cool, like when we're old one day to look back and be like, oh, all the things that changed in our life. Oh, yeah. It, well, that's what, how, what it's going to be like, except it's going to be like mind blowing compared to what our grandparents went through. Yeah. 
because the rate the rate of technological advancement is just doubling every year and and so it's just it's on a on a pace that is going to completely flip everything and and completely revolutionize our society especially if we get you know if we uncover the secrets of tesla and this free energy source and every i mean our society could be completely different when we're older so it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah well but now get ready for the rothschild family ladies and gentlemen so and just the a moment little, you've all been waiting for yes and just a little disclaimer these are not you know we we will give our opinions but any information in here we can you can try to uh verify with sources and i did try to verify the information with sources but unfortunately these families especially the rothschilds have done a very very good job of covering up their history covering up actual evidence of things that they've done things that they've been involved with so put your tin hats on because <laughs> this is a conspiracy theory about the Rothschild family. Oh my God, don't make it sound that crazy. It's not tin hat status <laughs> at all. Honestly, I think there's a lot to this. And I, I have, you know, I don't believe, I think with conspiracies, it's important to keep in mind that there's there's some truth in everything and there's some cloudiness. And it's important to be skeptical so you don't end up believing everything, you know, questioning things, because then you find out the actual truth. Because there is truth there, you guys. These things these things aren't just like lining up and and you know, all these crazy connections people make are not just because or a coincidence, you know, there's something, but is it to the extent that people think it is right? That's, you know, it's about determining how far, cause I think the Rothschilds are corrupt. I do think they definitely have had a, a role in things. Is it, they can are completely controlling the world. That's, you know, up for that's debate. That's the debate. Yeah, exactly. That's, so. that's the conspiracy, the conspiracy, Nobody's questioning the power they and influence that they have. It's the control that they maintain today is yeah. what's up for question and right. and whether or not they really do control the world and and that's what we're going to attempt to to look at and hopefully, you know, answer that question maybe. So we are going so this is one family of 5 and all the thing about these families is they do go way back and it goes back to a point in history in which many actually point out was around the renaissance times where political and economic models were oriented toward the creation of financial and commercial entities which have now transformed into the most powerful corporations on the planet so this is going way 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 back before these corporations were even thought of and at you know at the founding stages of civilization and modern civilization and society but What's interesting is that behind these large corporations and beyond this complicated framework of political or of politics and business, there are lies. There is deception. And according to some people, there's a hidden dominating force that controls the world's political, economic, and military systems. And at the helm of this enormous power, there is allegedly five influential families that sort of constructed the current world as we know yeah, it That's, definitely set it up yes. if anything like whether or not they still have as much influence as they did that's definitely where we're questioning but they basically like our society and our world is set up the way it is our banking system our money the way the economy works because largely because because of these five families and the influence that they had they had just like a lot of hands in the pot yeah yeah it's it's really 
It's wild. It's very wild. So, to begin, the influence of money in politics has always been something we've known about, and many people still right now are amazed to find out that money the money comes from very few individuals when it comes to politics, the 1% of the 1% of people. Yeah, it does. And and I think it's so funny that people um you know, especially people that are educated about politics and how much money's in it, how corrupt it is that basically our politicians unless they are crowdfunded or whatever are puppets. They are doing what the corporations doing tell the bidding them to of, do. of these greedy corporations yes. and rich families pretty much. Yeah, so they um and they they use their money to buy favors. They use their money to set policy and governments all over the world. That's the thing is that's not just the US, it's not just the UK, it's the entire world. They have yeah. that much money and and influence that they can literally change governments across so the globe. And so why do people think that there's not some type of control? Like people hear the word, I think it's because like Illuminati got even Taco Bell like has the Illuminati <laughs> as part of their like fucking marketing now. Ugh. But um yeah, that name is just like associated with like tin hat freaks. Seriously, that's like what people think of it. So um, I think um, people need to just look at it in a less like sinister, like it's very obvious. It's clear our politicians make the rules for us. We right. can't get anything done because they're politicians right. and they are paid by the corporations. Right. So we are controlled by yeah. these corporations and who owns these corporations and who is influencing where is this money coming from because they are the ones that are in control so the idea of the illuminati or someone who controls the world is not as crazy and and insane as people think it is right the normal person as soon as you hear like they hear families that rule the world they're like oh you're talking about illuminati which is you know they immediately just think the craziest batshit you know stuff and i mean because there's a lot of crazy which there is which there is there is very (laughs) definitely yeah, and there's some very sinister stuff that could be involved with some of these families. Yeah, but at at the root of it, it is the fact that they have pe- people need to understand that they have this power and they do influence the policies, they influence the governments, they influence yes. who's in the government. Yes, politician, all of it, and it's that's like, the that's like the entry point mm-hmm. is once you can wrap your head around that and you can understand and at least come to yeah some some conclusion that we could possibly be yeah controlled well i think people are seeing it i mean especially right now the nra people are really seeing the control the nra has the control the pharmaceutical uh companies have the gas industry the oil you know all these different industries are what really makes the the votes go either way yeah it and, seems and like all you gotta do is tra- trace the money yeah. all you gotta do is trace the money and yep. you look at any look up any company out there especially media or entertainment or whatever it is and many of these companies if you fall you know you look at the org charts and you fall it to the top it's like a couple corporations that own literally fucking everything yeah you know media uh energy everything especially media the same six companies run all media all of it on tv at least yeah all of the major networks are owned by the same thing it's just insane and i think people if they just woke up to that a little bit and just just it's not that hard to see where the control comes and like you said you know 
follow the money. And that's why Josh and I were like so into Bernie Sanders. Um, this was right around the time that we were starting to get woke, you know? And so we were like, fuck these corporations. So Bernie Sanders, that's why it was so exciting because he was not given any donations from, he didn't have anyone controlling him. It was all people. It was the people, you know, and that's exactly what they do not want. Grassroots, like fundraising, like the people support the person yeah. that's running. And that's the way that it was meant to be in the first place. And I, my, my personal opinion is until we get pol- or until we get money out of politics, like we have no say yeah, we, our vote doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, I'm it not voting doesn't for matter. any politicians that are backed up by these corporations. I'm just doesn't not doing matter. it anymore. You can't trust them. They will say whatever you want them to say to your face on TV and in speeches. And, yeah. you know, all of the politicians are are guilty of this mm-hmm. because they are they are rep. They're basically sales reps for the corporations and companies that pay them. Yeah. That, I mean, you look at all of them, especially the NRA. Yeah, is they're the totally big sales right reps. Now. Like Marco Rubio, all these people are all supported by it. And and personally, I just think that our government is going to fail if if we don't do something and get money out of politics. It has to go. We have to feel we have to take back the government. So far off from that, dude. It is. It's absolutely insane. And when talking about the families, many of these elite families made their fortunes through centuries old banking dynasties. Which makes sense. I mean, if you, again, control the money, you control everything. You control the government, you control society, you Mm -hmm. control lives. Mm -hmm. And the most infamous of of pretty much all the families. Oh, infamous. 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 The most infinite. Infamous. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I'm a tongue twister over here. The infamous, the most infamous family is the Rothschilds. Because I think they are just, they're so interesting. And they've been the world's wealthiest family for over 200 years. They've been extremely wealthy for a very long time. And what we start to learn about them is that they have been known to be intermarried into other uh, elite bloodlines, such as the Astors, the Bundys, the Collins, the DuPonts, the Freemans, the Kennedys, the Morgans, the Oppenheimers, the Rockefellers, the Sassoons, the Schiffs, the Tafts, and the Van uh, Van Dynes, which if a couple of those so- already DuPonts. Uh, the Morgans, Rockefellers, those are the three other families that we believe have a, a good grasp on the world. And mm-hmm. that's, hmm, do you think that's on purpose or by accident? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are the chances that, like, they would have their... And it gets even know. crazier than that. Any marriage between the Rothschilds and other unknown uh, elite bloodlines is just a business deal. It's clearly a business deal. Yeah. And they're really just one big happy family. All five of them are big. Ha- they're all in cahoots. They probably all. Yeah. all I it's, don't. It's probably really honestly just one family that's just united. So, yeah, we're like, oh, these five. Well, obviously, to to influence and to control things, you'd have to be working together and be on the same page to, like, really successfully do it. So and that's they must, why they do it. They're close. Yeah. They're. They're yeah. tightly knit. They're Ugh, tightly knit. God, it's so fucking weird. And the Rothschilds have been known to uh, have children, uh, raise children secretly so that they can put them in power when they need them to. They've had children. They, there was this. Yeah, we'll talk about it here in a really? minute. Really? They think people just like they think they had everywhere? a sixth child that we don't even they don't even know about or who it is. And they think that they may even secretly keep them under wraps. So we have no idea who they are. And they can slap a name to them and, and put them in power. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's really interesting. 
another another thing that I found super baffling is that uh, many of these families of so these families are noble, they're royal. I mm-hmm. mean, these are the the elites of the elites, and intermarrying was very common, especially with the Rothschilds. They actually promoted cousin marriages um, for centuries, and it was the way of keeping the royal, the noble, and the financial statuses um, contained. Yeah, because you don't want like a lot of different other well you bring it outside outside yeah exactly you you dirty i mean you muck it up and you make it but that's like so inbred it's incest it's it's basically incest that's sick what the hell and the original og of the rothschild family is meyer amschel rothschild who's the founder of the family and he fell in line with this way of thinking and he arranged things so that the female members were limited in whom they could marry if they wanted their inheritance. <laughs> so they were like, if you want your money. That's abuse. That's we financial are going to, abuse. What yeah, we are going to make sure you everything stays within the family. And they had to marry their cousins, basically. <laughs> well. And from the Rothschild's perspective, this is the best way to keep the money in the family and out of the hands of outsiders. Which makes sense. And we also want to point out that we're not, we're you know, when we're talking about the Rothschilds, there are some Rothschilds that, you know, aren't necessarily associated with the you know the bad guys or some of the you know more sinister things that the Rothschilds are involved with because I mean it's the same with any family there's always you know people part of the family that aren't involved in you know the criminal element of things yeah for sure and a lot of people that are involved even with the criminal element of the family don't even carry the Rothschild name anymore and there's actually a great deal of evidence pointing to the fact that those people are currently in control of the United States, British, and Israeli governments. And they're, in fact, Rothschilds. They just go under different names. Wow. So what's interesting is that the the Rothschild, especially Meyer Amschel Rothschild, um, who's sort of the, the founder of the family, his name was not even Rothschild in the beginning. His name was Bauer, actually. And he changed oh. his name so that he would have a um a jewish a jewish name basically and Mm -hmm. and and i thought that was very interesting so this guy meyer was all about the money from the get-go he was like how do i how do i place my family in a strategic position where we can take you know we can take control and we can grow an empire essentially probably didn't seem as daunting back then when it was way less people in the world like easily could like Pull something like well, this. that's the thing is it was a lot easier, especially if you had because like the money. I'm sure like the wealthy quality was like poor rich. Yeah, it was. And, and, rich and most people were just power. trying to survive, so right. like money was just so like the rich people were just so powerful, and the poor had no power whatsoever. Mm-mm. So Meyer Amschel Rothschild was born in what is now Frankfurt, Germany, and he was the son of Jewish money changer and trader Amschel Moses Rothschild. I have and, a question. Yes. I, I bet this is probably unable to find. You probably didn't find this. Yes. But do we know their blood type? No. There was nothing about that. I'm sure that's uh, a secret. Damn. I'm just going to Google it. You should. Fast. But yeah, I, I didn't see anything that would be right. interesting if they were RH negative. <laughs> yeah, that would. We just did a video on RH negative if you didn't see it. Um, oh, what am I seeing here? All right. So Meyer Amschel Rothschild, he was the he was the fourth of eight children, and he was really the main the main one that actually went on to create the huge international banking empire, which is what we know today as the Rothschilds uh, empire. 
And Meyer Amstel Rothschild had five sons in order to expand his banking business, which he founded in the 1760s. And he managed to um, keep his huge wealth um, within his community. And his five sons were strategically placed in each of the five major European financial centers, which was one was in Frankfurt, Germany, one was in London, England, one was in Naples, Italy, one was in Vienna, Austria, and one was in Paris, France. And all five of, of Meyer Amschel Rothschild's sons were noble. So he strategically placed them in these financial capitals so that he could take over the, the economic, uh, the economies in these, these countries. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about their blood type. That's yeah. definitely hidden. And all of his sons were considered royalty. They were uh, anointed as nobles by the Australian uh, aristocracy, uh, aristocracy. Aristocracy. Is it aristocracy? I don't know. I'm, I only know how to say yeah, aristocrats. I know. I, I get, when I said aristocrat, I was like thinking that in my head. I think it is aristocracy um, by us, Austrian Emperor Francis I. <laughs> Sounds so fucking wrong. And strangely enough, for one reason or another, four of the five brothers were granted this hereditary noble status in 1816, with one of them being left out of this high status club until 1818. Hmm. It's interesting that he, he got five sons too. Yeah, that's pretty lucky. Like, pretty lucky. Especially and, since he had something against women. Yeah, seriously. So the five brothers were named uh, Amschel Meyer, Solomon Meyer, Nathan Meyer, Kalman Meyer, and Jacob Meyer. And it's, yeah, five, five of them. And so they, they passed on Meyer Amschel's wealth and business so that, or uh, Meyer Amschel passed on his wealth and business meant our uh, forest son so that they could continue to build on the foundations of his father's success. So he, he set it up for them and he placed them strategically in these countries for them to um, really dig in their roots there. That's it, so crazy. Mm-hmm. So they were like in control of a ton of countries. Yeah. And the economies and the, all of them and the entire banking systems there. The Bank of England and in France and Germany, God. they had complete control. And, and it was all thought up by Meyer Amschel Rothschild, mm. who could be possibly the most evil of them all. And in the 19th century, the Rothschild family were at the height of their powers and were known all around the financial world. So their household name in all these different countries. And their great fortune and ingenious business minds meant that they carried a great power during this time. And they utilized this power by affecting some very significant events in human history in order to profit greatly from it. Before I bring that up, though, let me bring up something about Amschel. So Amschel, actually, I think I put it in here later. So I'll talk about him in a minute. Let's talk about these events first, and then I'll talk about this Um more the more sinister side of of Amschel Meyer Rothschild. So, the events that they potentially had a major impact on included the British uh, forces with huge sums of money, um, including backing the British forces with huge sums of money during the the Na Napoleonic Wars. And this is this is fact. This is verifiable. The Napoleonic War started in 1803 and raged through the continent for 12 years before coming to an end in 1815. And although the Rothschild family already held a, a large fortune by the time the Napoleonic Wars begun, 
they didn't step in to intervene until towards the end of the war in 1813. Mm -mm. And it was at this time that Nathan Meyer Rothschild saw Napoleon's war efforts as a threat to his business practices and decided to step in to help defeat the French conqueror, which we're talking about like Napoleon the Great. Like this is, it's pretty interesting that some bankers got involved with this. And Nathan Meyer Rothschild stepped into the conflict in 1813 and was, the sole, solely the most important person in terms of financing the British war efforts. So he did, he infused the British uh, army with the money they needed in order to defeat Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And this started with the organization of precious metal shipments to the armies. Uh, the Duke of Wellington had uh, stationed across Europe. And to add on to this, Nathan Meyer plowed a huge sum of money into financing the British allies, which included nearly 10 million U.S. dollars in 1815 alone. That is a huge sum of money that is actually equivalent to nearly 900 million U.S. dollars today. Mm. So he he literally was like, I will give you all the resources. We cannot let Napoleon defeat us. We must defeat them because he had major interests. He controlled the Bank of England. So he was like, "We England must not fall to Napoleon. Yeah. We must defeat Napoleon. God, that's so one dude. Yeah. And that's just his wealth. He he had ten million dollars in eighteen fifteen. That's Jeez. how wealthy they were. They were extremely wealthy, especially, yeah, especially back, back then. then. Damn, that's so much. It's insane. Nine hundred million USD today. Yeah. Hmm. And this huge financing operation from Nathan Meyer and his brothers made them the single most influential family to play a part in Napoleon's defeat and the subsequent ending of the Napoleonic Wars. And obviously he didn't do this out of the goodness of his heart, but he used it to his full advantage. And not only that, but Nathan Meyer Rothschild made an absolute fortune in the aftermath of the Battle of Waterloo, which has been confirmed. The Rothschilds had actually orchestrated the British war efforts in the Napoleonic Wars, and the five brothers had set up a giant network of contacts, which included couriers, shippers, and most importantly, agents. So they had a whole system of of people set up during this time. Assist like people that were all like in on the yeah. in on it. Oh right. wow. They had like undercover so agents. So how would you make money off Battle of Waterloo. How would he make? How would he have made so much money off of it? I'll ex- I'll explain here in a sec. Okay. So the Battle of Waterloo, which was fought near Brussels, Belgium, had been raging, and with Napoleon appearing to be on the upside of the battle, news soon reached London that Waterloo would be lost. However, That's so weird news reached like versus uh, now would be like CNN breaking news. Yeah, breaking Three news. Water ago, this happened. Yeah. yeah. Battle of Waterloo. Napoleon takes. <laughs> but it happened takes, like five days ago. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we tried to tell you as soon as we could. <laughs> Crazy. But apparently reinforcements arrived and eventually the British army came out of the great battle as victors. And this mm. is where the Rothschild's family's agents comes into play. With his job to provide Nathan Ro- Meyer Rothschild with news before anyone else, he set about making his way back to London. Uh, one of the agents and paid handsomely to get a boat over the choppy waters from Austin, Belgium. The agent reached London well before any other news bearer. And some claim that his first port of call was the government office offices who didn't believe him and others claiming that he headed straight to the London stock exchanges. And this is not completely verifiable, but the, the way that the story goes is that Meyer or Nathan Meyer ended up at the London stock exchange and in a bid to cause prices to crash, 
sold all of his government bonds. And everyone else followed oh. suit, believing that the Battle of Waterloo ha- was lost. Oh, my God. So he, yeah, so he controlled the news of the what actually was happening. So he, it, he pretty much made the Waterloo battle go in his favor and did it in a wow. way and controlled it in a way that he would financially benefit from it. So everybody sold their government bonds. And at the last <laughs> minute, Nathan Meyer then bought all of the government bonds he could at a record low price because oh they dropped God. significantly in price were dirt cheap. And as soon as news broke of Britain's victory at Waterloo, the prices of these bonds soared upwards, resulting in an immense profit for the Rothschild dynasty. Oh my God. Which I think only could have happened at that time, point wow. in time. When you can control news like that, especially yeah. major news like that. Breaking wow, I news. didn't even think about that. Like they're probably still making money off of like things like this and stock market changes and manipulating and Oh, oh. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm God. sure they are. Oh, it's so sick. Makes me nauseous thinking about all the shit they've probably done. So they got they so their whole investment into the war paid huge dividends for them yeah. because of the stock scam basically yeah. wow. that they did. But not only that, the Rothschild is behind the Suez Canal and the country of Brazil. During the 19th century, if anything in the world needed a huge sum of money, a member of the Rothschild family was there ready and waiting. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So Makes basically, sense. it's just like, and they, money must have no value for them. It's just power and control. They're bank. Like, I mean, they're bankers. At like some to the point, core. the money's yeah. like, how, you're really just trying to like build up your bank. Like, clearly, you have plenty. No, <laughs> so it's, it's not like, even a, it's about power. the numbers anymore. And why do it's they power want power though? But why? Power and influence. But why? Because yes, you get to live rich. Yes, you get. But like, is there something else? Like, is there maybe another reason that they're in control of things that we don't even realize? Like well, a different motive other than money and cash is what I'm saying. It, to pull it is all power. this off, there's got to be something. Yeah, but power, they're not actually, contr- it's not like they're kings. They're just really rich, rich people that are doing a bunch of stuff. So maybe they're like, you know, keeping certain interests yeah. protected. Yeah. More like, like if anything, they're trying, like, I'm just throwing it out there. No, you know? you're absolutely right. And maybe um, there's something... Other, well, even otherworldly or alien, maybe they're working with aliens. <laughs> well, for all we know, here, here's what it is. Here's like, what I think they, it is. Why are they doing this? We'll jump. We'll jump to this because okay. you're segueing to this, and okay. I think it's important to know this about them. So the Virgo before. is going to allow us to make a quick change. <laughs> Today here. we are going to shortcut to oh, God to the popular theory that they are directly linked to the Illuminati or secret societies. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is really what it comes down to, and really to me is the only thing that makes sense. So allegedly in 1770, Meyer Amschel Rothschild drew up plans and completely financed the creation of the Illuminati. And this really was called the Illuminati, right? Yes, the Illuminati was, was a is real a real thing, thing. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And according to the story, again, th- this is a theory, guys. Um, he entrusted Ashkenazi. No, but the- Illuminati, they, that's yeah, no, that was a Illuminati real society. Is real, right. It was real. The, about, but the creation of it by him is a theory. Is the is theory. theory? Yeah, right. Is right, the theory? I, we, I can't verify. But that it he did, did exist. There was a group, and it was a secret. But society But it makes sense that he did this. Yeah. Because so we're talking way back in the 1770s, and basically he entrusted this particular person who is an Ashkenazi's Jew, which is supposedly what. They were to Ashkenazi Jews. What does that mean? 
They come from it's they Nazi, it goes way like back. Nazi? No, not Nazi. Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi. And it's like spelled the same. I know it's spelled the same. I, I think that's just coincidence. Oh really? But okay. it has to go back to this like seventh century uh, civilization called uh, Ashkenari. Ashken. It's something mm. like that. It goes back. It goes way back where they're yeah. the Khazari, like Khazaris, I think is what it is. Mm. Um, it goes way back. So they're this. They're this specific group of jews and the actual person that is responsible for creating the illuminati is this person named adam weishaupt who is apparently outwardly roman catholic but he was the person that organized and developed the illuminati and the illuminati is said to be based upon the teachings of talmud which in is in turn the teachings of a rabbinic rabbinical jews it was to be called the illuminati as this is a luciferian term which means keepers of light so this is like almost like an extremist group of any religion is that kind of what i'm getting yes yeah, so basically like they don't yeah. believe what the rest of the jewish so, community believes so this th and that's the thing is we i want to do a podcast about the illuminati because there is a lot about it but essentially the Ilum illuminati's goal is to create the new world order and create this yeah. create have total power everything get rid of religion get over get just completely mm -hmm. take over pretty much yeah and and i mean that's just a very it's that's a very dumbed down statement about that yeah that we can't like say is completely true right but so back to your point what you're saying is like why if they have all the money in the world yeah. why continue why to try to get more right, money right and that's where it goes back Money to must, that like, mean nothing to them, the Rothschilds are a part of the Illuminati. They're a part of this group that wants to have control and and create a society where they it's according to their rules, pretty much. And the Illumina Illuminati has ties Basically to satanic a rituals. Is a satanic cult. Secret world domination. Right. Which is basic at the core is what it's about. Gotcha. And creating a society that they control. Mm. So during the 19th century, um, right, I already said that. So it, every if anybody needed money in the world, they were there ready With to give you the money if they got something in return. And an example of this is their involvement in the construction and owning of the Suez Canal, which is a canal in Egypt that connects the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea and is instrumental in trade between Europe and Asia. Makes sense for them to yeah. want to get involved with that. Mm -hmm. And the Rothschild family were the main backers and massive, massively influential in the decision for Britain to purchase shares in the canal. And this actually led to controversy <clears throat> because the British Prime Minister, Benjamin Disraeli, did not consult the parliament when he made the decision. And another uh, example of the Rothschild's family's involvement in the political um, and world affairs is their involvement in the independence of Brazil, actually, in the 1820s. The Brazilian Empire at the time was seeking to gain independence from their parent state, Portugal. And apparently there were multiple battles during this time um, until the Portuguese agreed that Brazil should be declared independent if they paid compensation fee to their government. And the fee was uh, two million pounds i believe and was funded by none other than nathan meyer rothschild so they nathan meyer rothschild loaned brazil the money it needed to become independent from portugal hmm. and there was an agreement in place that brazil must take on a debt that the portuguese government had to had to nathan meyer's company nm rothschild and sons 
And obviously the Rothschild family profited greatly from these types of business deals due to the interest they charged on the loans. So they had enough money that they could loan enormous amounts of money to, to countries. So obviously there's probably way more to that deal than just monet, you know, monetary there, there's gotta be some type of other influence that they infused into those business deals where they yeah. just, so a lot of people will just say that if you, if you disregard the Illuminati stuff, you disregard the more sinister part of them that they mm-hmm. were really just smart loan sharks and they're just yeah. smart business people that exploited the financial systems right. and these governments yeah, that's with what their saying. control corrupt. Right. Definitely not denying that these people are corrupt. They're, they're but, definitely not like a good family. <laughs> yeah. Such I mean, nice, they're, they're only nice out people. for themselves for, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like people you'd want to have dinner yeah. with probably. Like Vinny's family on Jersey Shore. <laughs> We've been watching nice Jersey Italian Shore. Family. <laughs> I don't know so why. Funny. I've never we never watched it, and I've just needed some like good like stress relieving trash TV. Sometimes and, you just need an escape. Like yeah, you need dude, something to escape when you're from this. Learning stuff. about this stuff. Like so, I like Snooky and I like the cast. So yeah, Vinny, his family's <laughs> like this huge Italian family. It'd be so cool. And speaking yeah, of, this Italy, ain't no nice family. No, and and. The more you learn about them and the more you connect the dots, the more you realize that it's got to be more than just financial financial gain. Because, in fact, the Rothschilds have ties to the Vatican, which you is know interesting. It, it kind of reminds me of, remember in Twilight, like, there was like that other, I barely remember. I used to oh, love Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they kind of made kind of like, not like Illuminati, but kind of like this group like bad that, vampires that were like yeah, kind of sinister dark that wanted, satanic yeah. vampires a little bit. Right. A little bit. Right. Um, yeah. And they were like in another country, right? And right. It kind of looked like the Vatican. Yeah. That's very true. That's, that's weird. I remember they were like in a big like church looking building. I don't know. But the the Rothschild conspiracy goes very, very deep. And, and there is a lot of very controversial stuff about it, including anti-Semitic type stuff that they you know, they wanted, they created Israel and exploited the Jews and everything and could have been responsible for the Holocaust even in order to gain control over Israel. And it, it goes really, really deep. Um, what was that? Ah, shoot. I just lost my thought about the, what I was going to say about the, um, oh, the Roth. So Rothschild, Roth in German means red okay. and child means sign red sign child child s-c-h-i or s-c-h-i-l-d means what sign 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 in german red sign sign. what does that mean red so red sign means um so they think that meyer amschel so the way that the theory goes is that meyer amschel rothschild changed his name to rothschild because it meant red sign and red sign apparently had to do with a sign that he placed outside of his um, basically bank at the time, way, way back. And apparently the red sign was a red hexagram. I can't verify that, but apparently he put a red, the red hexagram was a sign. Star? Right, which 51 years later is a blue hexagram on the Israeli flag. So they, people oh, think there's a link there. Because they have the so Ross much Childs. control in Israel. Right, which we'll talk, we'll about, talk about in that. a minute, but not only that but what's the hexagram if you look at the hexagram six triangles six 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 is what it means so it's a satanic symbol so what's interesting is that like you know people that is 
Israelis, you know, they they have this flag and it's a symbol of God to them. But on the flip side, if it's this red hexagram, it's Maybe, yeah. evil possibly. So it's it's whoa, it's very bizarre, huh? But it's very it's interesting. Like the dark side in Star Wars. Yeah, red versus blue, dark yeah. side, light side. Yeah, good side, bad side. Huh? Interesting. But when when I realized that they had ties to the Vatican, and and we've got to do a podcast about the Vatican because mm-hmm. you know I I the Vatican is perhaps the most powerful entity on the planet, and yeah. they could house information that literally holds the keys to the to the universe. I mean, who knows the information they have because they have miles guys miles of underground archives of just information and artifacts and technology that we can only fathom uh, it's crazy they have so much power and influence over the world the catholic church if you look at the history of it they are responsible for a lot of major events and creations of civilizations on this planet i have her you want her yeah want- sorry i want my dog she's she looks like she wants to sit on my lap. Welcome to the podcast. My baby. But back when Italy was not yet Italy, a bank owned by the Rothschilds donated large loans to the papal states and various kings of Naples. Uh, the Duchy of Parma and the, the Grand Duchy of Tuscany. Duchy? Maybe that's Duchy. And when Italy unified in 1861, the Italian uh, aristocracy declined and the Rothschilds were forced to close their Naples bank. Because remember, they put one of the Rothschild sons was placed in conveniently in Italy. Yeah. Huh. But rather than this being the end of things in Naples, the Naples branch of the Rothschild family had become closely tied to the Vatican Bank, an association which continued into the 20th century. In fact, when Carl von Rothschild met Pope Gregory, the I have no clue, XVI, I don't know what that stands for, in 1832, he was not required to kiss the Pope's feet, which that is unheard of wow you always kiss because the pope is in catholic faith is the most holiest basically next to god pretty much so they're saying we're more powerful so they're saying that the rothschild's like on that level with the pope that he doesn't even have to like kiss like he is that high up that well respected in the pope's eyes in the vatican's eyes which is very interesting so there could be who knows all of the the shit they could have done with the the Vatican and you know been involved with the the Catholic Church over the years? It's it's truly mind boggling. I'm sure there's so much more that we don't know about that. But on, not only were they in cahoots with the the Vatican, but they were behind one of the largest mining corporations in the world. They so the thing about the Rothschilds is that they were very smart in the sense that they diversified their money the industries they tried to infiltrate as much of these industries as they could with their uh, money and mm-hmm. influence they tried to make their way into every industry including the mining industry and a company by the name rio tinto which is a mining company headquartered in melbourne australia was founded by a rothschild venture and it was founded in 1873 by a group of investors who purchased a mine complex in spain from the spanish government and it was at the end of the 1880s that the Rothschilds became involved with the company and their production increased. And now the company produces iron ore, copper, uranium, coal, diamonds, and more. And the company is actually all over the world and operates through multiple multiple subsidiaries. And mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth herself is rumored to be a shareholder through a private bank account. Yeah, and- I bet. 
So they, I mean, they have direct, uh, if above anything else, they have direct ties to the royalty of England. Mm-hmm. And we could probably do a podcast about conspiracies about the royalty of oh, the royal family because it's, it's mind boggling. And, yeah. and I'm pretty sure those of you that live in the UK are not even fans of the royal, like the royal family. There, it seems to be really split. Actually, like really? I noticed with my, like some people are really into it, and like I think it's more just like tradition for them over there. Like their their mother was or their parents were into it or something, and then you just follow this family and get so invested. It's like it's like kind of how we have the Kardashians over here. They're like the royal family of America. <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> represents us well. Um, but. Yeah, it's I don't know, because like some of them really like think it's stupid and annoying and they hate being like associated with it, think it's antiquated, whatever. And then some people really like it and like totally get into like the marriages, the weddings, like even people over here, like set their alarms to like wake up in the middle of the night and watch a wedding or a birth or something. But do you think they're totally innocent of any wrongdoing? The royal family? No way. Oh, they (laughs) totally are. Well, we were just talking about doing an episode about uh, Princess Diana. Yes, and when you, you look into that, you're that. like, what the Dude, hell? They totally There's some sketchy got her shit going on there. Oh, my God. Her murder is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's... oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's absolutely crazy. So this is this is so the main thing about the Rothschilds and about the conspiracy theory is that they they basically have been pushing for. Uh, the state of Israel from the very beginning. They wanted the state of Israel made. And according to Simon Shama, who is an English historian, the Rothschild owned 80% of Israel thanks to the Balfour Declaration of 1917. The Rothschilds got the U.S. to fight on Britain's side in World War I, apparently, which ensured Britain's victory over Germany. And in return, Britain gave them an entire country, which is was Palestine. And at this time, the Balfour Declaration was created in which an official letter from the British government, Foreign Secretary James Balfour to Baron Rothschild. And it states that his majesty's government view with the favor uh, with favor, the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this project. There is a big problem with this. Palestine was never Britain's to give away. It rightfully belongs to the Arab and Palestinian people living there. So many people believe that the Rothschilds are are not only own Israel, but they're behind this all the conflict in the Middle East between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Which or is just a Israelis mess. today, which is a mess. Absolutely, they're fighting right now. You oh, hear yeah. about it on the news. It'll never end. It never ends because the Palestinians are like, "What the fuck?" Or the Palestinians are like, "You fucking took our land from. And you then, took our country from us, and, and then just the other gave side it." Feels like it's theirs, though. Right. right. Well, they well that they are being told it's theirs, so that's a thing. So that's why people say this is anti-Semitic, like anti-Jew, is that like hmm. we want to get rid of the Jews. See, so I'm not they... religious, so I don't. I just don't understand any of this. Like, I just am so confused. I barely know the difference between any of these. Well, that's. I mean, it's just it's a it's a centuries old problem, and it's yeah. like it. Why are we still fighting could, over the like, centuries old problem? I'm the wrong problem. person to ask about the Middle East. To be real, I'm so that is so confusing. So the the way that the theory goes is that the Rothschild Zionist Jews, which Zionist Jews are people that want to create a state for the Jewish people. They they believe in a country such as Israel. So it's like extremists. Right. That okay. well not extremists per se, but they believe in a one I guess it's kind of the same way that ISIS believes in uh Islamic state. The Zionist oh. Jews believe in a Jewish state. Everyone's 
Oh, where everyone where, is? Yeah, we're okay. all a land for just the Jews, basically. Hmm. And they and the way that they did it too was forcible and they evacuated the area and they killed millions of Palestinians who live there. And many believe that that's God. why they're still fighting today and pretty much, you know, refuse, you know, continuing to battle, fight off and fend so off the Palestinians. So it might have just been all set up by the Rothschilds. Right, family. exactly. Because they're profiting from the conflict. Yeah, of course They're profiting they are. from Israel. They're profiting from Israel's the biggest backers of Israel are Britain and the U.S., and that's for a reason. And have you ever wondered why we always are so, like, steadfast standing behind Israel? Like, it's yeah. always about Israel. You know, we got to yeah. protect Israel. got to yeah. protect Israel. And they try to play that or spin it that it's God's land. It's like the Holy Land. It's like Christians. And because we're... But maybe there's something there. Yeah, or maybe there's a there's a business deal that's been done, and that's why. We're maybe we're defending the Rothschilds' interests in Israel. Maybe the Rothschilds, can, because they control the entire entire world, they control this agreement that Britain and the U.S. have with Israel to protect their interests. Wow. So I wonder if maybe they were like, like there's so much money in war. It's crazy how much governments make off of war. Like the U.S. has to be in war like every four years to be able to. St- keep our economy going and um i wonder if they were kind of like we just need like somewhere in the world that's just going to be fucked forever like a big, that's the thing it's going to be a conflict yeah, forever. forever it'll never so be we, resolved we will always have a place to be getting this money from yeah that's, and that's the place to do it it's a perfect plan it's and crazy. it could be literally the the event that you know it could eventually lead to the point where it pops off World War three I mean a lot of people believe that World War three is going to be because of this Palestinian Israeli conflict because we are we stand like literally if if Palestine was to full-on attack Israel we would be at war with Palestine tomorrow because we are so heavily invested in Israel see I just like I feel like I barely know that like that I couldn't like pick a side well, that's or the something thing, is that like i don't know we don't enough. care if you're not because <laughs> it has to do with the jewish faith versus the islamic faith okay. palestinians are Islam, oh, okay. are, are, are muslim right, right. and okay that does make sense now uh israelis are jewish yeah. and so it's come from religion Judaism. it's right. religion is like so hard in the world Mass sometimes with religion yeah yeah dude according to the rothschilds now this is really interesting allegedly the rothschilds named their country israel because it's an acronym for three of the Anunnaki gods. Shut up. Isis, Ra, and El. And when you put those together, Isis, Ra, and El. It is. Those are. Is, Re, Ra, El. Israel. So wh- why else is it named Israel? Whoa. Because, yeah, Isis was definitely, oh my God. And then Anunnaki. Which, right, these are the Egyptian you names guys, for the Anunnaki. Okay, so if you are not, if you did not see our video on RH negative blood, we basically, there's a theory that this RH negative blood type traces back to this ancient group of extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial civilization race. Right. that was once here and that this blood type may uh, trace back to that area. So definitely check out the video on that. But that's wild that. They would use those names. So that's what I'm for saying the formation with alien stuff. Like I know this is I know <laughs> this even is go so out there, and yeah. I'm not trying to seem like. I just love to think about wild ideas. Like if 
the Anunnaki is some type of alien race that's still out there and they still want to have control of the world, but they like went somewhere else, but they want to have like their roots. They like have this blood type. They keep the bloodline, the Rothschilds, whatever, like disguise In control yourself of as the these world, different right. things. I'm just saying like it could, it's could possible. be, maybe. They, they could have. So the way that that theory goes is basically this ancient alien race called the Anunnaki could have genetically modified humans that were here in order to create this elite bloodline that continues today. And what's and it's very possible that the Rothschilds, you know, the theory is that the these elite bloodline all have the RH negative uh, type blood. Yeah. And I mean, we can't confirm that or not because a lot of the, the blood history is completely hidden and you can't find it. But it's interesting that the Rothschilds could, in fact, be a part of this elite bloodline that traces back to well, the Anunnaki. If you didn't see our video on it, um, a lot of people trace back to this bloodline, including Obama, Trump, uh, both the Bushes, Eisenhower. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Nixon. They're all RH negative, possibly Kennedy. That's rumored. Um, and the whole royal family. Yeah. So it's very weird. I just think that's very weird that they all happen to be this rare. And this is, I mean, I can't, this especially is Especially that they marry, intermarry. They're trying to keep the bloodline going, dude. It seems like there is, there is utmost importance to keep it keep it in within this elite bloodline yeah. it really does yeah. because the fact that you go back so many years so many years yeah and they're all related by blood yeah and oh, it's so weird Could like all, all the way back to this one little girl in our country in our country sorry this girl this 12 what was 12 she like 12 year old at the time when yeah she, did this? she like looked over <laughs> thousands of names and somehow tra traced every single president other than martin van buren back to king john who was the person who signed the magna carta yeah that they are all descended like obama trump which they is all cousins, crazy man they're all they should be best friends maybe they are maybe it's all just a giant act that we're like we hate oh, each other totally. blah, blah, it blah. could be totally i mean <laughs> What the hell do you think is going on at Bohemian yeah. Grove? Man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> Seriously. Google Bohemian Grove. You will not sleep. <laughs> okay. But it, it it really does make you make you really think deep about who's really in control here. Yeah. And that they really could pull this off. They really could God. pull off this, this elite family, this elite bloodline, this elite group of individuals that all share this power and control over the planet. It's absolutely insane. What if what if they're good? No, they're not good. Well, they do make wine. They did make wine. They were in they the wine making wine? business. Oh, well that's good. Yes, they were they were <laughs> obviously they could have caused the Holocaust. Yeah, they could have they could have caused so that's caused fucked. the World War Two, World War One. Oh my god. All of the so, wars yeah, could have been done in their favor because they were financing all sides of it. I just hate to think of like if it really is connected to extraterrestrials. It makes me sad to think that they're like evil. I, I don't like that. I I'm like sorry, to think but there good. is malevolent, evil aliens out there. I'm sorry, there is because if you look at oh, everything, have you seen them? No, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. From I talked to one. I done. talked to one the other day. What are you talking about? It popped into my room and said, "What's up?" <laughs> hey, there's evil there's beings a lot of out there. That claim but think that about that it. Come on, you get, there's light and dark energy. Light energy. and dark energy. <laughs> 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 but it only makes sense that there's a good 
good, bad, yeah, evil, light and dark. Good. It, it only makes sense. It's positive, negative yin energy. Yang, dude. Positive, na- right? Well, that's yin what acupuncture is all about: is balancing like your body, balancing like, the energy, balancing the energy in the world has to be balanced. That makes sense. It would mm-hmm. make sense that there would be beings out there. So that's the thing. There's a huge debate about the Anunnaki, which will well, that's another one we'll go into because. There's a debate that are they really like here to enslave the human race or are they here to just like give us all the good stuff and technology and help us, you know, advance civilization? You know, was that their purpose or was their purpose literally here to come here, create their own hybrid hybrid race of alien human in order to rule over the rest of us? Why? Maybe to make money. I'm sure money doesn't work well in space. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is what's their purpose? (laughs) I don't know the conversion rate for dollar to space. So (laughs) to alien money. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. Um, so a lot They're They're most famously known for being successful in finance, mining and other sectors, but they were also in the winemaking industry. And again, they diversified their money, diversified the industries they were in. And the reason they did that is so that they don't show up on like the, the list of the richest people in the world, like on Forbes and stuff, because they've like separated it into so many different banks and families that it, it doesn't total up to enough for them to like really be well known. Yeah. And they were actually in the winemaking business for 150 years. So they were like the winemakers for 150 years. Wow. Uh, Nathaniel de Rothschild opened uh, a winery in 1853 called the Chateau Moton Rothschild. And so not, they're not only were, in the, were they in the winemaking industry, but later on... They were in everything. They were in zoology. They had their hands in everything. Yeah. I mean, they, that's, there's like... Lord, what, I think it's like... like 19 different uh, insects or bugs that are like n- partly named Rothschild. It's what like are the... Zinga Rothschild bug yeah one of the rothschilds literally would like get around with zebras hitched to a wagon <laughs> what? yeah he would have there's a picture of him with zebras as his like horses taking him around like he was like yeah fuck? super into like zoology and like huh. re- like you said responsible for naming a lot of different animals, animals and, and plants and i mean he, he might have been too. the only good one so <laughs> that's crazy but one of the biggest things that the Rothschilds, um, we believe they did, was they bailed out the U.S. government. So long before the 2008 recession, which we all remember, there was another recession that even preceded the most famous one of the 1920s, which we know as the Great Depression. But this recession was of, sorry, you can re- Google just uh, log me out of my notes there. Oh, oh, sorry, you can use mine. Where are they? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I literally just logged me out. Hang on. I'll log back in. Okay. We're good. Sorry, this is a brief intermission. That was weird. What the hell? Do we have a handle? What? Do we have a mid? No. Okay. So here we go. Sorry. Take a breather. <laughs> okay. So this recession was of 1895. And during this year, the U.S. was going through one of the worst recessions in its early history. The government was running low on gold, which, if you didn't know, our our money, our whole financial monetary system, all of that paper money is based on gold to this day. Yeah. Still oh, yeah. based on gold. Gold's it's valued like pretty much gold. the only thing that's like super valuable, right? Like if everything were to crash, gold would like maintain value. Isn't that what they say? I mean, that's what they thought when, that's they, what that that's when they thought when they created the system. They're like 1-800-CASH-NOW or something, right? Yeah. Like, or yeah. the gold, gold pawn thing. And so during this recession, 
the the U.S. government was running low on gold and was cur- concerned about not being able to pay off their debts, which is one of the reasons why we're in so much debt now. I just picture like a giant room filled with like gold well, coins that's what like Fort Scrooge Knox McDuck. Is. Fort Knox is supposedly where all the gold's at. They just keep it all in a giant room. Which I would love to go to Fort Knox and take a tour. I'd love to actually see these this gold. What if it's not even there? What if there you is no gold? You probably don't get to see it. No, I don't think you can take a tour of Fort Knox. I'm sure they don't let anybody near that place. No. But at the time, President Grover Cleveland wanted to avoid defaulting on the government's debts. So he reached out to Nathaniel Meyer Rothschild. And mm. Rothschild worked with J.P. Morgan, who's yeah. also integrated in this in the U.S.'s history, especially banking history, which we all know. J.P. Morgan, Chase Bank, yes. which we I can't believe we bank with J.P. Morgan. We're going to get what are out of doing? that. Don't tell them. We're supposed to be getting out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them. It's a huge pain in the ass to switch banks, but we're it going is. to. But J.P. Morgan and and Rothschild loaned the government the money to pay off its outstanding debts mm. and not only that but they um, they completely rescued the US Treasury so they saved the JP Morgan and um, Mr. Nathaniel Rothschild saved our government the US government during that recession of 1895 and not only that but in 1919 the Rothschilds and their colleagues um, who, which were leading traders of the industry, began meeting twice a day to set the price of gold. The Rothschilds set the actual price of gold for us. Wow. And gold became one of the family's most valuable assets, and it eventually became the benchmark for the world's markets. Hmm. And apparently the meetings went down like this. Several participants would send the representatives to the Rothschild offices, and then they would then call their trading room and raise the Union Jack. And once all the flags had been lowered, the price had been agreed and the price had been agreed upon, um, which or sorry, I, I said that wrong. Um, once all the flags had been lowered, the price had been agreed upon. That's how they knew that they set a new price was lowering the Union Jack. And apparently these daily meetings went from 1919 all the way to 2004, hmm. setting the price of gold. The Rothschilds have been setting the price of gold since 1919 all the way up to 2004. Dude. So very, very involved, very involved with our economic system Forever. and banking system. And which is when the Barclays took up the spot that the Rothschilds once held was setting the price of gold. So another another part of this is that the they're basically the wealthiest family ever. And I, we all, I know all of us have heard of the Rockefellers, the Trumps and, of course, the Kardashians when we think of the richest family in the world. There's no way the Kardashians are even close to the richest family of the world. <laughs> yeah, in the but world. but a lot of people think of you know yeah, the average people, person. Yeah, yeah. If you were to ask them, would like, they say oh, Morgans they... or would they say <laughs> no. Rothschilds? No, they'd be like the, the Kardashians. Kardashians? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. What makes the Rothschilds so sneaky is their the privacy around their wealth, mm-hmm. and it makes it very hard to even believe that they're actually the wealthiest family ever. Because like you mentioned earlier, you won't find their name on the Forbes list. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do you find a, a Rothschild on the Forbes list. No. Yeah. They do that on purpose. It makes sense. Like Keep a low profile, Keep dude. a very low profile. Don't, sh- don't show up on people's radars. And their wealth has been distributed over countries amongst dozens and dozens of heirs, which has diluted their fortune. They've spread. So the goal of the Rothschild family, make your family the biggest family you can intermarry between all these other elite bloodlines and we all spread the money out we spread it across across all these industries in order to 
spread our our influence and power but make no mistake they're they are very very wealthy and the low estimate for them is 350 billion dollars in u.s assets however many speculate that it's possibly more than this and some have even put their wealth in the neighborhood of one trillion dollars and i've even heard even as much as 500 trillion which seems a bit much and there's not a lot of evidence suggests it's that much. Well, but it is a lot. Technically, I mean, if they really are connected to all these other families and they're all just kind of one giant thing, tech, it could be 500 trillion between like all of them. Yeah, I mean, if one of them, like the one of the uh, ones today, is worth 20 billion, so if you get hundreds of them together and you put all those billions together, it could definitely be a trillion dollars. Now to the most interesting part, perhaps about them, is. The conspiracy theories direct, directly linked to the Rothschilds. And one of the theories is their influence on the Federal Reserve. Okay. Ten banks control all 12 Federal Reserve bank branches. And those include N.M. Rothschild of London, Rothschild Bank of Berlin, Warburg Bank of Hamburg, Warburg Bank of Amsterdam, Lehman Brothers of New York, Lazard Brothers of Paris, Kuhn Loeb, Bank of New York, Israel, Moses, Seif, uh, Bank of Italy, Goldman Sachs of New York, and J.P. Morgan Chase Bank of New York. Mm. Which the Federal Reserve Bank is not federal. It is a privately owned yeah. entity, and there's multiple branches within the Federal Reserve Bank. Bank. Yeah. And one of those branches, the Rothschilds. And in 1893, J.P. Morgan saved the U.S. government from a bank panic in which he formed a syndicate to prop up government reserves with a shipment of 62 million worth of Rothschild gold. Hmm. So the Rothschilds mo- most definitely have influence in the Federal Reserve, and they have been infusing the, the U.S.'s economy and banking system for years. And we already talked about the uh, link to the Illuminati, and that is perhaps the most, uh, probably the most popular one is that they are yeah potentially leaders of the illuminati potentially high high level members of the illuminati i don't know whether or not i believe that or not but it seems like they definitely could be another really interesting theory is that the rothschilds orchestrated the assassinations of u.s presidents including lincoln and jfk for sure because they threatened to shut down the central bank or federal reserve Mm. that they orchestrated it because if you look at it um you know, you look at JFK, you look at Abraham Lincoln, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense for why the, the assassinations, why the person, why the person would have done it. The excuse is always like, oh, they're just a nut job. Or they were mad because Lincoln was doing this or something like, really, they got that mad that they're going to (laughs) go kill the president. Like they're that crazy. I mean, they could be, they could be, but it seems more likely that they would protect, you know, these financial, superpowers would want to control maintain their control and if you if you do away with the central banks or the federal reserves then you know it can it can come you can completely completely you know dis- dismantle their their empire and many pl- many people also believe that the rothschild families own and control every central bank in the world except three countries and the only three countries left in uh, left in courting or in 2011 without a central bank 
controlled by the Rothschild family is Cuba, North Korea, and Iran. This was one of those that is, we don't really know for sure. Like, I can't mm-hmm. say that that's fact, that they that they own every central bank, because yeah. a lot of people like to debate that. But it is interesting that they definitely could own every single central bank, because basically there's all these central banks that, are, that exist around the world, and they all are a part of the World Bank. And the World Bank is controlled by... The Rothschilds. The Illuminati... Rothschild, you know yeah. this this order of elite you know mm-hmm. elite people um another theory that is out there is that sir evelyn and lynn forrester day rothschild's firm recently announced the signing of a definitive agreement to acquire a 70 percent interest in weather central lp which is the world's leading provider of interactive weather graphics and data services for television mm-hmm. web and mobile uh, Weather Central's highly accurate and personalized forecasting offers businesses and consumers a truly unique suite of science-driven weather information products. So they they basically own a lot of forecast modeling. Mm-hmm. And mi- some conspiracy theorists are saying that this may be the Rothschilds in onto weather control. weather control and what geoengineering of the weather. Now that the Rothschilds are in this now own this weather central yeah. they might be able to manipulate weather patterns they definitely through could. the technology they i'm honestly really worried to. about that for the future because i am too there's some really good proof that that can actually be done and that it's maybe happening already oh yeah oh yeah it's very possible i mean it's it seems very likely honestly that they could be manipulating weather patterns mm-hmm. without us knowing this is another interesting i wanted to bring up though and this is about the bilderberg group meeting that happens every year this is a this is a real thing that occurs annually. It's top secret and it's basically a meeting of the elites of this of of these elite families and top people of the top corporations in the world. And according to um David this is a quote from David Rockefeller in comment about the Bilderberg meeting. This is interesting. He said that We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other publications whose directors have attended our meetings. So he admits right here that the media goes to these. The top media people Mm -hmm. go to this meeting. They're a part of this meeting. On all sides. Yes, on all sides, exactly. And respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to be able to develop our plan for the world if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march toward a world government. The, the supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practice in past centuries. This is David Rockefeller, which we'll talk about the Rockefellers in an upcoming episode. But clearly at the Bilderberg meeting, they're talking about some some shit and possibly talking about I think there was even, I don't know if it was rumors or confirmed, but in 2017, the, at the Bilderberg meeting, they were talking about Donald Trump and about yeah what him and power would look like and how the, they might be able to control that possibly. Hmm. Or maybe if it was like, we should make it go that way. And that statement that I just read came from a 1991 Bilderberg group meeting in Germany in which Bill Clinton also attended this meeting along with other elite members of the intelligence agencies, military, big bankers, representatives from the World Bank, and more. God, and prepared to march toward the new gov- world government. And this is an extremely secretive uh, three-day summit. That was only from 1991? 
Yeah. That's so creepy, dude. That means like this is on its way. It's like, are they like literally they are laying, rolling things out in a plan to a world government? Yeah. But that could happen. Like, remember we were t- like when we talked about um, the Kardashev scale, like we have to have a world government to be like a level one, right? We have type one. one world government. Yeah, that was one of the um, yeah. requirements yeah. to be considered a type one. We need to become Maybe a like, collective society. Maybe they're trying to take society. us to, to the next level. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. God, that is so crazy. Well, that's the thing is that's what the, that's what they're going to try to that's what they're going to try to play. It's it's become such a deceptive time because we don't know what's what's authentic and what's not. We don't know what their intentions are. Yeah. Is it evil intentions? Do they want to ultimately they help the world? We don't know. Control and destroy us. But they're fucking evil. But I wanted to play this for you guys because I want you to hear uh, hear an interaction with with a Rothschild, oh, right. existing this Rothschild uh, person. Actually, he might have just died. Uh, Jacob Roth, Lord Jacob Rothschild, uh, a reporter confronted him outside of a, a club or outside of somewhere he was at. And this is just listen to this for a sec. Mr. Rothschild, how you doing, sir? Can you tell us what went on at the Bilderberg meeting this year? Sorry. Could you tell us what went on at the Bilderberg meeting this year? I didn't go to that, actually, no. The Bilderberg? You weren't there? No. Not this year? What went on uh, last year? No, I wasn't there last year. Wasn't there last year? I think that was my cousin. Your cousin was there? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Do you have a couple minutes for us, Mr. Rothschild? We have a few additional questions for you. I was asking a question inside because I was saying that the the Federal Reserve was one of these organizations that... I know, it's one of these organizations that a lot of people say is the source of uh, inhumane projects all across the world because it's a private bank. It was started by your family. No, no, it's completely completely untrue. I was asked that earlier. Do you know the source of that information? Well, in 1913, sir. He walks off. Okay, I'm not going to talk. About how you know your family committed all these acts against society, but we just want to let you know the new world order has no legitimacy, and that we, as a people, are not afraid. And his face changed fast. The robber barons, the big banks, are for looting the economy. Well, and then he just goes quiet. He just goes. He literally. Yeah. He's like, well. Let you know the new world order has no legitimacy, and that we as a people are not afraid, and we are waking up to the robber barons and the big banksters who are looting this economy with the Federal Reserve. Well, what do you? I mean, the Rothschild family. This started the Federal. You know, they divided Europe first, took over Europe. The Napoleon. No, stop! I want to hear that. (laughs) No comment on that, sir. Oh, it was only that crazy, okay. right? He steps away. I mean, he basically confirmed it. I mean, the fact that he I mean, he could have just not wanted to argue with that dude. But it, his face, though, he got all dude, quiet and weird. Changed real he fast got all, he I'll link it in the description order. for you guys. But he gets all quiet and weird. And his face just looked really like he, he looked like he had an oh shit. Moment, and when he said like new world drop. order, dude, he was like, yeah, especially he looked he like that. he like perked up and kind of was like, huh? And then got all quiet and was just like. Like, he didn't want to even comment on that. I, You'd think if that was, like, completely false, you'd be like, oh, you're insane. Like, stop saying... I have- or just laughing it off the whole yeah, time and just go, like, ah, to get all serious and, be like, be, well- and he went quiet and just was, like, staring, like... <laughs> oh, that's so creepy. Just, like, dude. creepily at it. Dude, those people are brave. <laughs> but the last thing that I want to mention um, about the Rothschilds, we could go on and on for hours, and, and I hope you'll do your own research. I'll list some great resources that I used in the description so you can do more research, because... 
there's far more things that we we just don't even have time for to put into this because there's just so much but one thing i did want to mention is that hillary clinton and the clintons are are definitely friends it seems like with the rothschilds because in 2016 hillary clinton which was when she was campaigning for president yep. flew 20 miles in a private jet to attend a private rothschild fundraiser in her honor so she is backed by the rothschilds the banking yeah, i know the banking industries right but they and, probably back Trump too. They back everything. They're just like, we want to have control of anyone who, whatever it is, right. we're in, we're exactly going to be there. Yeah. And WikiLeaks it, uh, attained, obtained emails from her private server, which basically show her close relationship to Lady Day Rothschild. Oh, yeah. You can see them. I'll try, I'll link Lady them for you. Lady Day Rothschild. Lady Day Rothschild. And it's evident because they they have very warm exchanges with one another in their emails, such as oh. "You are the best, sweet dreams." I remain your loyal, adoring pal. Much love, and this is significant because her because Hillary Clinton's other me emails, yeah. her communication style is almost always complete, like short and concise, and yeah. never never approaching these like outright declarations of affection, found only in emails with Lady Day Rothschild. Oh, she's young. And Lady Day Rothschild married into the Rothschild family in 2000. What if, like, Hillary's, like, with her? What if they're together? Yeah. <laughs> like, in a relationship. Which is... I've always thought that Bill and, and Hillary were just, like, a giant setup, like a big facade. And so she's married to kind of the head of the Rothschild family right now, oh. Sir Sir Evelyn Jeez. Day Rothschild. And she's, like buddy buddy with hillary hillary God. they're like friends dude they're totally in cahoots with the Rothschild. and that's the thing is that it, it makes you wonder are, are the rothschilds does their power completely extend into our politics to the politicians of course to the money? it does do they of have complete control does. over yes the u.s and possibly yep. the world i think i think absolutely i think this money is still influencing it it's so obvious no one can deny that corporations run our politics like pretty much everyone admits that if you can admit that and you can't like look at this as any type of world domination then like you're not on the same wavelength it's not clicking for you clearly because you can't like understand that everything's ruled by corporations but think that this whole idea is insane because this is right. the, it's it's not insane the there's there's concrete there's so evidence proof. and proof to to prove the point that Money rules the world. I mean, money and greed and yeah, well, we all know and, that, you know, and unfortunately, these elite families have it. And for what reason and what purpose they're doing all this and what reasons and purposes they're, uh, you know, continuing to influence and, and try to maintain control. And I mean, the skeptics will say that, like, yeah, you know, they had the power back in the day and, you know, 100, uh, 100 plus years ago. But how you know how can they still have this power if there's all these banks and companies and people that are more wealthy than even they are now like yeah so it, you know the the i the idea that they are still the most powerful family many people just say it's not possible they couldn't be but i don't know i just think that the history runs so deep and goes way back and the ties to israel and the the seemingly clear ties to this illuminati group Mm -hmm. um who which i want to explore more because i think it's very interesting and there's a lot of historical evidence to the illuminati and especially the freemasons and all of these secret societies that where you know oftentimes these elite families and powerful people are a part of like the the bohemian grove meaning what the fuck is that about what are they doing 
What yeah. the hell are they, they have, up like, to? They like a giant owl it's very that they weird. worship. It's very, well, it goes back to Freemasonry, all this oh. ancient secret societies, which seemingly could all the way go all the way back to the Anunnaki even. Like, it's, yeah. it's just crazy. And I mean, most people, like, admit that, like, there was so much fuckery before. People just, like, don't want to admit that anything's going on now. Like, right. everyone can look Everybody's back like, and be oh, like, oh, fine. look at the bullshit it's that good. went on. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they did this. But you but... know what? That is the change. <laughs> and I think... It is. I think they the thought... Internet. I think... In a way, Donald Trump is a good thing, and the fact that he <laughs> yeah, he maybe. is kind of he may he may be helping with opening people's minds and starting to realize like, whoa, we thought Trump, the outsider, the business guy, the you know, could come in here and do all these things, and but he hasn't had as much control no, as he thought he completely he could have. got. He, I guarantee, it's probably like part of initiation yeah. to be president. That's it's like, the thing is, like, it doesn't really matter. You sit that down much. with all these people, and they're like, all right, here's God, the deal. It's so crazy because like. Me two years ago, I was just so invested in politics and like who's going to oh, be president. Like Obama, well, yeah. because you think change. before you know about this stuff, change. You think that that's the way to change the world is politics. Like whoever we you put in there, your... he's a good guy. We like him. I back him up. You go. And no, it doesn't matter who's it's not in the there. Case. And I'm, that's what I'm realizing. And it's it's really it's upsetting. I still follow politics because I don't know. It's, I I just. Well, it, that's it the, matters, thing. the thing about it is like the, <laughs> the unfortunate thing about it is like once you know this stuff and you start you realize and connect the dots, and you're like, holy shit, I don't yeah. know. I'm just literally a slave to the system. You know, it's hard. It's hard to like give a shit about politics. Like I know for me, especially I'm like, fuck politics, fuck every politician. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm Unless in, I don't they are care. backed by grassroots, well, that, I'm just right, not that's interested. The thing. But like we saw with Bernie, the DNC who Shut Hillary controls. Down literally shut literally and it's been proven took the took the nomination took the people's nomination away from yeah. us in order to put a clinton in there who is the corruption runs deep she is in the very Clintons. corrupt it's it's very very corrupt if people don't know how deep it goes and it, and it's really interesting because so if you if you didn't if you don't follow politics and maybe it's not your thing i know a lot of people our age don't give a shit about this stuff uh Earlier this year, a woman named Donna Brazil, who's been the head of the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, for a really long time, came Committee, forward yeah, and said yeah. and admitted that Hillary Clinton bailed out the DNC. So that's yeah. the kind of money that she's got. So she, yes. and she's connected to this Rothschild. So the Ross, she's yeah. funded by them. Yeah, dude, the Clinton Foundation their is whole, probably all connected. Their with, whole they're all one thing is funded. They're probably related to them, honestly. Probably. Um. Yeah, I would not be surprised, actually. But Hillary, they said that we did things in Hillary's favor. Like, pretty much Hillary got to run the show. Yeah. She ran. She completely ran the show. She it was so she ran and rigged. she nobody else ever had a chance from the beginning. It no. was Hillary. Everybody else was just, yeah. you know, added. Bernie was like this annoying Right. fly and all the media the way they would trash him like oh this guy's getting the in the socialist. way oh so he annoying he's never gonna win anyway socialism people should stop trying to vote for these smaller candidates because they're never gonna they're win ruining anyway. it they're that's crazy well, that's, that's the, thing. the mindset the, the, it's DNC the media's like, feeding us that bullshit yeah you, they spun yeah. it that it's our fault the people's fault that voted for bernie that voted for yeah, jill stein that voted for they blamed uh, Gary, all that. Gary Johnson. Yeah. It's our fault that we voted for And I, at the time, I them. thought that too. Like I was really Trump mad won. at people that that wrote in Bernie. I was mad because I voted for Hillary. At the end, I was like freaking out because I was so scared. Now I don't really care. I've changed a lot, but it's like back then I was so worried about it. I don't know. It makes me so mad. It just 
it's it's unfortunate that this is and and that's the thing and that's why we do this podcast is because we're trying to get the information out there so that people hear it and they you know hopefully they they, they make the it dots. up in their mind connect the dots and realize like holy shit the power is not with the people anymore that's it's the, just not I, it is not with the people anymore our country is not what it was set up to be it, it has become a corporate well-oiled machine money-making machine is all it is mm-hmm. and all these elites the one percent the one percent the one percent what bernie so the fucking, one the two percent yeah <laughs> the one percent the two percent bernie bernie understands this he understands that yeah he he probably he knows still some fights. shit dude oh yeah i'm sure he does know some shit he knows he probably knows about the corruption that goes on and the money that's fueled i mean and hopefully that's the the bet you know i'm sure you're asking yourself well what do we do how do we what do we do about this? Like <laughs> if know. the new world order is coming and the Illuminati is going to take over and all these elite oh people God. are going to take over. Maybe. Don't what do get we too do? scared, people. We're saying maybe here. These are just theories. There's no reason to like get your panties in a bunch. But maybe <laughs> what we can do is like support the people that are not taking, you know, being transparent and yeah. being and telling, you know, and showing us that they're not taking money from, mm-hmm. you know, special interest groups and lobbyist groups and, you know, and corporations don't be afraid and stuff. to explore and our, candidates that are outside of here's what you parties, get if you're a Democrat, right. here's what you get if you're a Republican. I'm so sick of it. And you know what I hate about it is like, I didn't like Hillary from the beginning. Like, I even way before I was even a Bernie Sanders fan, I remember being so bummed that she was going to be the candidate. I was like, fuck, because I was like so into Obama and I wanted. I don't know. So I just yeah. totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, I, I no, I, t- I totally, I totally get what you're saying. What was I saying? Though? <laughs> Damn, we've been going. That's all so right. Long. We don't need to rant about politics. Like... I, I could care less. No, I'm about not it. ranting about politics. I'm just, oh, I had something important to say. You were saying something about Obama. No, I just hated that Hillary was what we had to have. Um, and I remember like saying that to people and and talk and saying like I feel like she just wants this power i i don't trust them i would say these types of things and other people i knew that were like democrats would judge me for right. for judging her or like questioning her then i was like a bad democrat yeah but so, <laughs> i mean it, it's so obvious i'm just so sick of it they're both so bad both parties are just so bad trump was in in the sense corruption wise trump was probably the better candidate i honestly think so too he's just a shitty his personality and the way he carries himself but he was mainly supported by his supporters yeah he was and and he did fund his own campaign yeah yeah and he i don't i i mean i haven't seen the list of donors but i i don't i don't think he took the same like hillary clinton straight up funded by wall street dude yeah she 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 remember they said she gave a speech at goldman sachs for like over hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. or something. No, she's like so she is stuff. very deeply rooted in this whole she's Rothschild very, yeah. banking mm-hmm. families and stuff. So it runs deep. It runs yeah. deep. And unfortunately, it could be literally what controls the system and enslaves us in the system. So we'll leave you with and that. It's kind of like, sorry, one last thought, but with Trump, like, May, you know, he's he does all this stuff out loud and he constantly like sinks his own ship and gets the media to hate on him. Like he like it's almost like he does it on purpose. And maybe he does good marketing strategy. What is real anymore? <laughs> what is even real? But like maybe this? Hillary, on the other hand, there's more. Maybe she's worse, but it's just unknown stuff like behind oh, the curtains. Trump worse. is obviously like it's coming worse. out and saying, I don't give a fuck what you think. Whatever. I'm going to say what I want to say. 
but Hillary's like saying whatever she thinks people want to hear. Oh, but she's she might playing she has a game. whole different agenda. She's a deceptive. So it's it's all bad either way. We were screwed. That's how I feel about it. Bernie or bust. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and we busted, and Bernie will never be president. I don't believe any Bernie. I don't even think I don't I don't believe that the way the current system set up with the two party system and the way everything hard. is and gerrymandering and all the fucking but we got primaries close with Bernie, dude we did we get did close. get close we got close but they screwed you can't him. deny the numbers though like i think they're starting to realize i mean so many people were behind bernie but anyway we're going on too long here but that that was a brief synopsis of the rothschild <laughs> family history there's a lot more hopefully you learned a lot i mean it's they're you know to me they're shady shady group individuals are probably mm-hmm. they could be Sinister have sinister intentions for all we know. I mean who knows but Mm -hmm. they're definitely doing sketchy business and they're definitely pull strings They're definitely Possibly responsible for heinous things that in in the result or uh, In the name of money. I mean they've done some things that favored them and you know They could have been responsible for assassinations of various presidents So they got rid of Lincoln and JFK. The theory is because they were opposing the Federal Federal Reserve. Reserve, Right. And they were heavily invested in. in So was Andrew Jackson. People believe that they also made an assassination attempt on him, but it failed. It failed. uh, Because he was also against that decentralization. Some even go to say as far as like they've orchestrated every assassination of a president. All of them. For one reason or another. Yeah, there's not that many. But yeah. Isn't there only two? Am I wrong? No, there's more than that. There's a couple, I think. I forget what the other ones are. But Wait, really? Yeah, but nevertheless, their their power and influence runs very deep into our government, into our economic system oh, as yeah, well. Right. As well as the world. William I, I, McKinley and Yeah, James and James Garfield. Garfield. Yeah, yeah. They think that they were responsible for those two for Wow. Because they they were trying to do sort of you know, the same things or go against interests of theirs. Oh, he got stabbed? Damn. Damn. That sucks. So yeah. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode. We really appreciate it. It was yes. a lot of fun talking about this and we will be covering the other four families. So you definitely don't want to miss those episodes. So no be sure way. to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe on iTunes and we will see you guys next time. We yes. will have more interesting things to bring next, ep- next, next episode. episode and in two weeks from now we'll be talking about the rockefellers and we will continue going a mile higher with you guys stay woke stay woke everybody and see you next week It's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one. Start now as an Amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays. You'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them up for their final delivery. With night and early morning shifts available through the new year, you'd also have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones. To start as a delivery station associate, go to Amazon.com slash holiday work. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. When someone first comes in and you see that discouragement on their face, they've tried so many different products, but nothing seemed to work for them. I'm able to take that disappointment and that pain and turn it into hope. You're listening to Mallory, an art support specialist at the Goodfeet store. And they try the art supports. It's a light up moment. You see their face brighten up. They go from feeling discouraged to being happy and hopeful again. For over 25 years, the Good Feet Store and our art support specialist have been helping folks live the life they love without foot, knee, hip, or back pain getting in the way. 
That's why this job is so important. You're helping people, getting back into the activities that they've wanted to do for a long time, doing the things that they love to do with their Good Feet Arch supports. We're able to help them and take them from the pain to the possibilities, and I love it. The Good Feet store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com.